Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast, episode 126, wow. and it is a new year. And I want to start off today, I'm going to read just a little bit, not a lot, I'm going to read just a little bit from kind of a summary I wrote about our last podcast because it leads right into what we want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And what I wrote about our last podcast included that we want to give a gift to everyone listening and watching of encouragement to turn your challenges, even the overwhelming, frightening ones, into opportunities and to um, that it's necessary to take action, to move forward, to not run away or get stuck in paralysis, stay positive, take one step at a time, learn the lessons, have faith, and you will turn your struggles into personal growth and resilience that can come no other way than by living through and overcoming hard times. Absolutely. And that today leads into someone that we want to talk about, Patty Davis, somewhat famous woman, the uh, daughter of former President Ronald Reagan and his wife Nancy Davis. And she was no um, fan of his political. No, she, she earlier in her life she was very uh, she would protest against nuclear weapons and protest. other things yeah. that her father was for. And she, uh, very openly in her book, talks about the journey that she took by choice to change and grow after her father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And I think that's one of the, the things that's so exciting. So we haven't done a podcast, is it two weeks? Three. Three, no wonder. In the three weeks' time, that gives us a lot of time to... We're on the front lines. We're dealing with people who are really struggling. We're dealing with the aspects of the world, with the, the pandemic, and we see people really... Uh, very tense again and freaking out. It just, it's, uh, uh, I see the, the news and the politics feeding into all of it. It's a shame. Um, and I hate to see people live in such fear. Um, so, I, I, you know, but we've been doing, we do reading. We help people. We're on the front lines day and night. Uh, so we've had more time to, to draw upon those experiences. None of, none of them easy. So I, we don't, we're not invested in easy work or easy living, uh, although we do like self-care. That's very important to us. But I'll tell you what, this has been such a find. Uh, Patty Davis's book call it, called Floating in the Deep End, and i got to tell you, it's a profound book. How Caregivers Can See Beyond Alzheimer's. And uh, I find she's changed an awful lot from what I remember her. She's matured tremendously, and she's deepened, and she has a deep sense of purpose, and uh, she's grown a lot. The beauty of it is she's very she's a good writer, and she's able mm-hmm. to take her life experiences and write them as she went through them, especially, and this is especially, in her her path that she was on in being a very devoted caregiver to her father as he went from his early stages of Alzheimer's all the way to the end of his life. She writes it beautifully and she writes with expertise about the knowing a lot about uh, strokes, Alzheimer's, brain damage. Uh, she does know a lot but in it 
What I really love is she talks about her own experiences and what it put her through. And she talks about how being a caregiver forced her to grow up and to change and to deepen. And it came through tremendous agony and pain. And the thing is, she loves her father, even though I said politically, when I, I, mean, I think back on it, she shouldn't. There's some vivid images yeah, I can were, remember of her. Wow, yes. she was rough. Yeah. Well, she's come a long way, and she loved her father, and I could hear it. And there were certain needs that she had that he never met and could meet, um, but she was angry about it and rebellious and needy and all of those things. Uh, and she had a very antagonistic relationship with her mom, too. But what I really hear here, she overcame and worked through so much of it in caring for her father lovingly through and gaining the experience that today she's taken that very, very painful struggle that she went through in being there for her father. She did not run away. She did not go into paralysis. This was a woman, in spite of her feelings that she had for her father in the early stages, came through all the way for him. And she was remarkable. She was very committed. <clears throat> and I think one of the things I love about it is the way she used her common sense and the way she would remember her father the way he used to be. She'd remember the kinds of things that she felt as a little girl with her dad, where the needs were that he fulfilled, and there's some that he just never met. But in caring for him in Alzheimer's, one of the things that she says, and I know it's true because we see it too in people we help, is that in time, these kinds of crises strip away all the filters. And in time, you get to see the real self of a person. And I know from my own life experience, especially with my beloved wife, that was true. I was one of the fortunate ones because my wife was an angel. She was truly a woman of gratitude and love and selflessness and sweetness and depth. And I'll tell you what. Did that come through in our time with her and taking her through her very difficult journey all the way to the last breath of her life? She was a doll. She was an angel. I know from other experience that that's not the case for, we have people that come through here, well, their, their filters are gone too. And if you're dealing with, as she said. She says that too, yes. Many people, when their filters are gone, you find someone underneath who is very difficult. To yeah, and if they were difficult and angry or critical before, what she says is, caregivers, hold your hats because you're going to really see it full blast. We know this is true because yeah. we see it in people that we're too. helping, and it is the truth. She speaks truth, though, with compassion and love. She really does. It has that ring of truth when she, she's writing that we can recognize because we've gone through so many similar things. And I'm struck, as you said, she writes both with some clinical understanding of the disease of Alzheimer's and the things that happen and develop, yeah. and also just with heart and compassion for the experience that she went through. And then also after her father died, she created a group called Beyond Alzheimer's, and she led support groups for caregivers. She still does. And oh. she and yes, and she learned so much then. She she carried on what she had learned personally to help other people. And she's done what we do, what we're doing. And she's taken her the resilience, the difficulties, and the struggles, and she's seen, she saw it as a legacy to carry on to to from her experiences, what she learned and what she saw, to help others. 
And we're, we're doing the same thing. This podcast certainly is a reflection of what we call Lynn's legacy. We now have a part of our nonprofit is, is a whole program in helping caregivers called Lynn's Legacy, and it's beautiful. Well, Patty Davis is one of those people, mm -hmm. and she helps an awful lot of people. Reading her book is remarkable. I, I Some of the things she brings up, just off the top, I love it, because we ran into exactly the same things, and we saw it too. Um, but I think that one of the things that we do see lately, too, is dealing with the different stages if we're talking about Alzheimer's or some kind of uh, neurological decompensation in the brain. Um, any form of dementia, almost any form of dementia. Yes. Some are slightly different, and she does point that out. Yes, she does. But the stages are similar. But I think one of the things that... Uh, what was I going to say about that? <laughs> Excuse me. Maybe I have a little dementia. Uh, you were talking about the progression, I think. I was talking about the progression, but I, I also, um, oh, it is so easy for the caregivers in the more earlier stages, and not just the mild dementia, but when it gets to what we're, there's mild, then there's moderate, is a little bit more serious, and then there's a progression. Uh, every, she talks about no one, no, it doesn't, it's not the same for everybody. Each person's an individual, and how this happens, how long it goes on, the forms it takes, but there are similarities as well. But one of the things she talks about, and she's seen this in a group, is how the caregiver loved one will come in. They're angry. They feel very critical. Um, and they're talking almost like the person that's got dementia or brain damage isn't there anymore. And they talk about them in front of them. They talk like they don't exist. Um, they don't understand. And it's not true. And she speaks very clearly about that. Um, her groups are just for caregivers. And she spoke about experiences where people would come in as a caregiver as well as bringing in the person she's caring for. And, and she would see trouble with that. Um, we do that too. Um, we don't always separate them. We know, in fact, we're very careful about that. But she does, and for good reason. Um, she has a sensitivity to dealing with caregivers that are in bad shape who are burned out, who are angry and in denial and confused, and how they just vent in these groups thinking that's therapeutic, um, right in front of the person that has the dementia. And it's it's so insensitive. And I we agree with her 100%. We know it's true. And we also know it does happen. Mm -hmm. We also see um, doctors, and she speaks about this, the medical profession has got those that are compassionate, but we see dementia and um, cerebrovascular dementia, like my wife had. It's treated differently by the medical profession. It's not really, in fact, today, there's no cure for it. It's an absolute 100% terminal disease. And it's treated like, well, it doesn't bring on enough profit, so we're not going to put enough energy into it. And sometimes we've run into this where doctors will treat the person like they're an object. Like they don't, they're not really there anymore. And they treat them, it's a medical model that it, it definitely made me very angry when I saw it. Um, and I don't like it because it objectifies the person going through this. And it treats them very poorly um, for the sake of learning. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And she didn't either. And she saw it too. And there was a doctor that came in front of uh, her father and just spoke to her as if, uh, Ronald Reagan wasn't in the room, and uh, she was appalled. And she told him, and he kept doing it anyway. 
and she she was angry. She says, you know what, my father's in the room, and he does hear you, and you're treating him like he's he's not here. And she says, I don't accept that whatsoever. One, one thing she said early in the book, in the introduction, was that she decided to think of her father's soul I was just and say. believe that his soul did not have Alzheimer's and that the essential part of him was still there. And I agree with her. And she's, she was not talking about a process. She wasn't being a proselytizing spiritual person, but it was in a, uh, something that she came to realize. We saw the same thing. And, it, and we, we treated, and we still do, um, we relate to the person, not just the disease, but we know there's a part of them that does understand, that does feel. And we really pay attention to that and re relate to that and respond to that. Um, we've seen other helping organizations, who I think a lot of, um, treat the person even when they're still alive, almost like they're, they're dead. And uh, caregivers are tired and, and they're burned out and they don't have their needs met anymore, which all of us who've been through this can understand, and they're encouraged to go have an affair. And frankly, that turned my stomach, because these people were still alive, and it was dishonoring them. Now, I know we can get a lot of reaction from group, large organizations that deal with Alzheimer's and dementia and all that. And they, I know, because I've sat through these groups, I've heard it, and, and not only heard it, but I stood up to it, and I felt exactly the same needs as anybody else. But to think that, to go, it's okay to go have an affair for self-care while the person is still alive is so dishonoring and so disrespectful and treating them like they don't, they don't exist anymore and they don't have a soul. I personally find that absolutely repulsive. And yet I know it's, I've heard it in more than one group and more than one of these well-established well helping organizations. I've heard it in these facilitated groups. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with it at all. I want to state that outright. Now, after the person's gone, that's a different story, of course. But to, to, to do that, when the, when the person's still alive, is so disrespectful. There was one other thing she mentioned about, uh, among many things, about caregivers, and you were talking about self-care. Uh, she points out that many caregivers feel that they should not go out and enjoy themselves. Oh, it's hard on. That they must uh, make sacrifices because the person they're caring for can't go out and have fun now, and so maybe they shouldn't either. And she made a very clear uh, uh, explanation of how she sees it differently than that. And she's right, but I've been through it, and i got to tell you, what she's talking, and she's right, I just want to say that. It is so difficult. And I'm a, 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 a person that believes in self-care so you don't burn out, so you can be refreshed to help the person. But i got to tell you, the idea of going out and having fun and enjoying myself was a very difficult task. To get a respite, to go to ride my horses, to uh, do different things, absolutely. But there was a burden that I carried in my heart about my wife, uh, and that's just a fact. And going out and having fun and enjoying myself and knowing, well, you didn't create the dementia, it's not your responsibility. I never got there. I'll just say that. Patty, I, I, I know you're right. I just wasn't a person that ever got that far. We were able to turn our struggles, though, into a new kind of resilience and insight and awareness and a ability to become a speaking for myself 
more selfless than I ever thought possible. And each one of us, as we uh, worked with my wife and we were working with others, um, went through our own changes. It's a very, it's funny, I talked to, it's not funny, I talked to, uh, I was invited to a barbecue last week at a ranch, and I met a fellow that was a, a paramedic, a firefighter from Sacramento, a nice guy, and his wife was also involved in it, and uh, he also was an arson investigator, nicest people. And he talked about, we talked about um, what, how hard it is for caregivers of any kind to take care of themselves and how important it is and yet how easy it is not to do it because the things we're dealing with, the people we're dealing with are in such bad shape. It's very hard to think about ourselves when you're seeing them in such bad shape, suffering, dying, sick, struggling. It's a very tough deal to do. It is so easy to forget ourselves and that's the beginning of trouble. It really is because we as caregivers need the energy and the refreshment to be able to come back and give a hundred percent of ourselves to the people in need and I can tell you it's a challenge it's an ongoing challenge and it's very difficult Patty talks about it a lot in her book how important it is and she talked about her own what I love about it is she talked about the clinical issues that are coming up that she's very aware of she talked about it from her own experience, her own journey. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very personal. It's beautifully stated. She can write about what she felt and what she went through beautifully. She's eloquent. She's yes. at a very, very, yeah. a, a very different. I mean, I wish everybody wrote like this. It was so beautifully done. We are getting close to the end. Already? Already. I know it just goes, it goes right by. That is fast. So I know I want you to have a chance to kind of leave people with something. And I know you want to say hello to... Edgar. Edgar. He has a new restaurant in Petaluma. The reason I'm bringing this up is he's one of our fans. I didn't know that. has a new restaurant called Bistro 201. 201. Bistro 201. Peruvian and cuisine. And it's good. It's not a fancy place. The food's good. But Edgar came up to me and started talking to me about listening to our podcast every day on his way to work. And he really was, he was relating to me. I was mm -hmm. caught off He really takes it seriously. Yeah. And he, the reason is he knows part of his family are caregivers. Oh. But he was so sincere and so interested. And I told him, okay, Edgar, I'll tell everybody about your place. Yes. Anyway, Edgar, here and you are. And the food is good, too. It I is hear. good. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. Very yeah, good. They do a beautiful job. Anyway. So, good. We said hello to Edgar. Mm -hmm. Is there anything more you'd like to say before we sign up? Well, I'm sorry this is so short. See, that's what happens when you wait three weeks to do these. I got so much. Yeah. And I wish that I could remember all the detail of this book because she speaks... We'll come back to it. We'll come beautifully. back to it. I'm sure we'll be talking about this again. Yeah, she this really is, does. This is probably one of the more important books that we've come across in the last few years. This and the, the Type R... Transformational Resilience book. Those two, I think, have been so valuable for what we do. Yes, and I, I wish we had more time with you today, because this is something we've been very, although we struggle and we become tired from the kind of work we do and the struggles that people are having, we're devoted and dedicated. And this has been going on since my wife was sick, during the time she was sick. You know what I learned about giving? The real giving that loving giving involves sacrifice. And it involves giving when you're going through plenty yourself. 
and yet you're able to put it aside somehow and help others. And we've been able to do that. And I think through it all, we've gained a great deal of strength and purpose and understanding that we didn't have before. I agree. I want to thank my wife. Her picture is over there. You can't see it, but I got it all. I just want to say one thing. We finally have taken the room that Lynn was in, that we took care of her in, that she passed away in. And we finally, today, have started moving in some new furniture, and we're going to make it beautiful. And i got to tell you, to, for nine months to go past that months. room mm -hmm. has been pretty grief-triggering. But it's time to do it in a new way. And I'm, I want to say I'm very excited and grateful to her and to God. I'm a believer in God. And all the wonderful people that we work with and teams that were all very invested and we know the need and we want to respond. We're here for you. Jenny is, I want to say she's the head of all the caregiving teams, but I think Hello is like our she's other She's the head one. of the program. She's really Lynn's Legacy. a new program. We're calling it Lynn's Legacy we'll Training. we continue to talk about that too. Yes, we're going to yeah. tell you a lot more. We're very excited about it. Anyway, well, this is her, not my, this It's time is for my spiel, I think. Yeah, yes. go ahead, Jenny. Okay, all right. The Survivor's Guide to Life podcast is brought to you by Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity. Please visit their website at sctraumatreatment.org, and there is a donate button there. I had a, I had a moment. Uh, we are the Survivor's Guide to Life.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We have our own YouTube channel. Our podcast is on all the usual outlets. Mm -hmm. Peter and I can be reached at 707-781-3335 or Jenny at BernsteinInstitute.com. Please ask us anything you'd like. Give us any feedback you'd like. And we will see you again soon. Thank I'd like you. Steve to just pan. Can you do? Can you pan over to Lynn's picture for a minute? Is that possible? There he goes. There's Lynn. That was Lynn. All right. Take really. care. We love her. Thank Be well, you. everybody, and we're here for you. Bye bye. Bye bye.